Welcome back to this revival of the Animator Guild podcast. Today, I'll be talking to Gabrielle Pohl, the winner of the Animator Guild Short Film Contest 2023. Gabrielle is a freelance animator and illustrator based in Melbourne, Australia. She is a student at RMIT, enrolled in Bachelor of Arts Design, Animation and Interactive Media, and is set to graduate in 2023. She has completed various freelance projects for illustration and animation, including magazine illustrations and portrait paintings. Gabrielle has also worked on animation projects from various clients and most recently worked on official marketing material promoting RMIT University. And most recently, she is known for her music video, Run It Back, which won the Animated Guild short film contest. I have placed some visual aids at different points throughout this podcast, so if you are listening to this on YouTube, you will hear this little sound to let you know when something is playing on the screen. Please enjoy my conversation with Gabrielle Poe. Okay, okay, okay. Let's get the show on the road. Let's do it. Hi, Gabby. Hi. Would you like to be called Gabicon, Gabby, Gabrielle? Morichun. Uh, Mochi Rune. Mochi I uh, misread that. <laughs> no, you're fine. I think Gabby would be the most comfortable. Gabby. I have a lot of online aliases, but yeah, Gabby's just what I go by. That's cool. Okay. So, Gabby, first I want to say congratulations for winning the Animated Guild Short Film Contest 2023. Thank you. That's tremendous. That, that's a tremendous achievement. When we think that more than a hundred independent short films were submitted to that, more than a hundred. We kept on distilling them, ranking, and then at the top of that pile was Run It Back. Yeah. How's that feel? That must be crazy. Yeah, I was really surprised and shocked, actually. I remember watching the premiere live. I watched only about half of it because it was late where I was, but I remember watching it and thinking that I wasn't even going to place, not even third, because everyone was just so amazing. And yeah, still in shock, I guess. I heard from the other contestants is quite intimidating because they're like, they're watching the film, like waiting for their film to come up. But meanwhile, they're seeing other people's creations and they're like, wow, that one's really good as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that each of the films just had something so different to offer especially in the last round. And yeah, I was just, I was really impressed with all of the entries. Mm. And I know it was like insanely late. In fact, it was early in your time, wasn't it? It was like 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah. or something. <laughs> just like a yeah, terrible time to be up. So I can't blame it's you for okay. that. I'm more of a night owl anyway, so it wasn't much later than I usually stay up. Yeah, and that's the problem with a, an international event is like for someone in the world, it's always going to be like, at a terrible hour, like that, where they're just not going to be awake. Yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah, I did a bit of research on you and you're a bit of a mystery in a way because your online activity has only been very recent from what I can see, unless you've gone by a different alias before, but it's only dating back to around 2022. So like very recent. So have you been like holding back from posting earlier work online or did you just pick up animation super fast and just dive right into it? I feel like it's a combination of different things. Firstly, I don't, I feel like I don't make that much art in general <laughs> compared to other people. So maybe that's why 
I don't have much activity online. I have gone by Gabicon, like I have a Gabicon Instagram that I've been posting on since 2019 maybe, but all of that content was just personal sketches and stuff because I started out just drawing. I didn't get into animation until 2020, I think, because um, mm. that's when I got into my university course for yeah. animation. But yeah, I guess I haven't been doing animation for that long, even though I've been surrounded by a lot of really inspiring animated content for a mm. long time. So I guess that kind of helped me pick it up a bit faster than I would have without seeing all that animation beforehand. I see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and we're going to get on to your kind of recent activity with regards to the Bachelor of Design Animation, I think it was. Is that the course? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's the one. But also, I've just realized I've got a few more kind of questions around the film contest. Oh, yeah, sure. So I was wondering when you were able to watch some of the animations, was there one that stood out to you as like your favorite besides your own, of course? Was there one that you that really stood out to you that you thought was noteworthy? I think at the time when I was watching it, every single entry in the last round was really impressive to me, all for different reasons. but. The one that I remember the most now is definitely Heavenly Bodies, I think mm. it was called. Yeah. I just, everything about it, like how grungy and edgy it was. <laughs> yeah, super <laughs> I edgy. I really like that vibe. Yeah, and I like how they leaned into it and mm. they weren't afraid to be really edgy. And yeah. especially with the graphic design element of it, with all the text and stuff. Yeah, um, it was such a razor sharp aesthetic to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. And it was also the graphic style of it. I really appreciated that. And just how they composited the thing in general. Yeah. I, yeah, it's not the kind of content that I make, but it's the kind of content that I really enjoy watching. You can have, you can recognize a style of being, I don't, I would never make that myself, but I'm really glad someone else did make that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it left a lot of people, I think, a bit perplexed. Is it 2D or 3D? Can't really tell, or is it both? I remember seeing snippets of it in the trailer that you edited. Yeah. And yeah, I remember even then, it, it was the one that kind of stood out to me the most. Maybe because of the punchy colors, I don't yeah. know. But just something about it, I find really captivating. Yeah, like when cutting that trailer together, I was like so thankful for that film because it was like every time I used a little bit in the cut, it was just like a burst of vivid, lush brightness to the edit. So I was like, wow, this is like yeah. really good editor's material. Yeah. Uh -huh. And actually you're saying that one stood out. It's interesting that you said that because that was also the audience choice award. So the audience kind of got together and voted on which ones they really liked as well. And that one kind of, I think that one edged out as the top for like audience choice, like the popular vote. Oh yeah, for good reason. Yeah, yeah. Also, I was wondering because myself, Animation and Gilded Guy, we all get together and talk about, especially in the final round, we all get together and talk about the entry, what we noticed in the entry and our kind of summation of it. I'm guessing you saw your entry being played and our reviews of it. What was that like? And also was there anything you didn't expect to be said? Or was there anything you hoped would be brought up that didn't get mentioned in our 
reviews? It was a new experience for me, definitely, because I don't think I've ever had or heard my work reviewed in a non-academic context before, just because a lot of my work for animation I've done for uni for my course. Mm -hmm. And the kind of feedback that you get from there is usually more based on technical stuff, like technical skills. And so I was really pleasantly surprised and happy when I heard your interpretation of the music video. And that's because you basically said everything that I wanted to say through <laughs> that music video. Great. So it yeah. was communicated then. Yeah. It worked. And I was, yeah, I was really shocked that you were able to get that from just watching the music video because I guess the feedback that I sought out during the, the making of the music video was mostly surface level stuff because mm. I wanted to make sure first and foremost that that everything made sense on a very basic level and that was my focus and because I it was like a kind of limited timeline as well I had to animate from animatic to like the finished product I had 13 weeks wow and so <laughs> that doesn't feel yeah, like so... a lot when you say it 13 weeks and it's, it was mainly <laughs> it... a solo project you were just working on it solo mostly yeah yeah it was just me so... wow it feels like a long time and also not a lot of time. So yeah, that's why I, a lot of the things that I asked about when getting feedback was just like, do you understand what's going on in this shot? Is everything clear? Is the composition okay? Things like that. And even though I did want to put a deeper meaning into things, I told myself that was just a personal thing and it would be okay if no one else got it. And then I saw the feedback <laughs> that, that you and the other judges gave and yeah made me feel really happy that <laughs> that was communicated good good to me like it, it did come across very clearly and of course i think sometimes when it's a film like yours which obviously does pride itself on the aesthetic nature and that's a good thing there's a great care taken in making it look very pleasing to the eye sometimes that's so visceral and powerful that just overwhelms the viewer and that's all they can focus on and think about this. Oh, wow, it's really pretty. When we're reviewing something, we always watch it multiple times because there are things you miss on a first viewing. And also, we, I mean, we talked about having it having replay value. <laughs> so it's like, it wasn't a chore for us to rewatch it again. And of course, then when you rewatch it, you pick up things you missed the first time, or you're just given more time to think about it. Because a lot of the time with animations, they're in a little bit of a hurry to deliver the message because it's costly to, to make animation runtime. Things go by quite fast. But when you replay them, the message can sink in, the viewer can have more time to think about it. So I think that's one of the benefits as well of it being a music video is that I'm guessing that when people listen to the music, they typically don't just listen to it once. So there's like more opportunity to, to actually stop and think about it about the message but in terms yeah, of the sure. academics and how academics are focused on that i can see why they are they're trying to train you to make great visuals because that's what sells at the end of the day but i think what we realized especially in the final rounds finals and semi-finals i'd say it's like these are yourself included you're animators who have 
a control over the visual medium to where your compositions are clear. They have clarity. You are communicating effectively. And then it becomes, okay, so what are you saying? What do you have to say? That's the next step. And that's, I'm perhaps more interested in what each animator has to say. And you had something to say. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's weird because I remember at the start of the project, because this is technically a uni assignment, even though I was doing it for myself, but it's the final big project that you do as part of the degree. And so I remember at the start of the, at the, start of the project, I was just trying to force out story ideas and I've never really considered myself myself a storyteller just because I don't know I think I didn't think that I had anything good to say <laughs> yeah and I think I grew up reading a lot of stuff that a lot of information that people would put out for writers writing stories and they always say to write what you know and uh, I remember at the start of this project I thought to myself that I didn't really know anything I spent a lot of my adult life literally just at home, mm. partly because of the COVID lockdown and stuff. COVID, yeah. Yeah, it was like I graduated high school and then had one year of a university degree in another university that I'm not studying at now. And then it was straight into lockdown. And that was also when I started this animation course. Yeah. And then by the time I reached this project, we were still emerging out of lockdown. Yeah. So I felt like I had nothing to say, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I did have a unique perspective, I think, and a unique voice that I really wanted to tap into or at least study. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's how I came up with like the idea of Run It Back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that it grounds the film in that we, we are all the COVID generation. We've all lived through COVID and we have that as a shared experience that connects us all. And so yeah. it's instantly relatable because there is no one who was out gallivanting around the world dur during 20, whatever the time span was, 2020, 2021, 2022, whenever lockdown came in place. So we all have that in common. And that is what just like instantly just connects us. And it's, oh yeah, I was like that as well at least for a significant portion of my life. I mean, it, for years, for two years, at least, at the very least. Yeah. And also not only that, but it's a lot of people who watch the contest are animators themselves and animators are typically introverts. So there's that element as well, where animators are more likely to be the kind who do shut themselves away and keep themselves in their room. I was actually interested though, like how do you come up with story ideas for your projects? I was listening to what you said about it being your final project for your degree. And I was relating the whole time because that was, for me, that was Encounter. Encounter was my final year project at university before I, I went out and became a freelancer. And so it, I'm sure we had like similarities in in our process. And I remember I came up with, I think I came up with at least five story ideas. Four out of the five were terrible. And the fifth one, which was actually the first story idea, which is interesting. So I story number one, I was like, maybe there might be something there. 
And then I jump onto story number two. I storyboard that out, very rough thumbnail sketches. I'm like, maybe. Storyboard number three, storyboard number four. All of them, like just each one worse than the previous one. <laughs> you know, because like, it's my mind just desperately grabbing for something that's like interesting. Um, yeah, I was like just desperate at that point. And then I was like looking back over the first story and it was the one that was closest to being me. It was the closest one to who I was at the time and not in its entirety, like, but an, a part of me, an aspect of me, which is going, going skiing and going snowboarding is something I do it once a year with my family. And we just, we just behave like lunatics on the slopes, like in, on the mountains. And so that one, I was like, like you said, like, write what you know. I was like, I know this. I know what it feels like to, to behave in a, I wouldn't say reckless way. If it is reckless, it's only me personally who's in any danger. But the kind of themes of the film is that we, when we, our lives are a bit too comfortable and we have everything going for us, that's it's a bit too nice. We go out and seek danger. And there's a point where you can seek a bit too much danger and it becomes life-threatening and then you're just being an idiot. And so I came back to the first idea, but there was, it was like four months of just flailing around in terms of looking for a story idea. And yeah, I came to the same conclusion as you really. Do the one that feels the most personal to you. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that having that kind of personal connection motivated you and got you through the project because that's how I felt. I was really glad that I chose something with a personal meaning to it. Otherwise, I think I would have burnt out a lot sooner. Yeah, I, I think that to me is more to do with, am I having fun every day? And it that depends a lot more on the, I would say the visual contents. So for Encounter, I was having fun every day I was animating because I was animating extreme sports, which I have a real fondness for extreme sports. And this project that I'm currently working on that's a work in progress is more extreme sports. It's surfing now, it's evolved to surfing. And that means, because for me, like a large part of it is the research part. So primary and secondary research. So actually going out surfing, very fun but also watching competitive surfing, like highlight reels, Kelly Slater or whoever it is, Kai Lenny, like these are just really fun and satisfying to watch. So I would say it's for propelling me forward is more on a day-to-day -day basis. Is it fun each day? But in terms of like confidence in the subject, being confident that what I'm saying has some substance to it, that it is grounded in some way. I feel more at home in something where I have real lived experience. I don't know about you, if that's the same with you. Yeah, no, definitely. I think again, it comes back to writing what, and I think it, it helps in conveying a more genuine and sincere message, or at least that's how I see it. Yeah, I, I wonder if the write what you're too reductive because some people see that and they're like, doesn't that limit you? And so I'm wondering if it should be like, 
write what you know and what you want to know or something like that just because of it allows you to engage with your curiosity and actually seek new things and there's no reason why you can't like i said research is a large part of the animation process for me so being outgoing and doing research that suggests growth of the filmmaker as well what do you think about that i think that's a really interesting take i guess i would agree but i think it's reductive depending on how you interpret it the way i think about it is even if you're writing the most like crazy sci-fi fantasy something that doesn't exist you're always putting a part of yourself into it whether it be the emotions or the relationships that you put portray in it and i think that counts as writing what you know and i think that kind of aspect is really important in helping you connect with your audience but yeah definitely i think it's good to think about what you want to know about and i think creativity is definitely a great avenue for people to utilize to learn about new things and to stay curious about the world yeah yeah that's a very good point it's definitely like a good balance of the two i think yeah i want to take it back to your your backgrounds particularly with what you've been what you've been working on right now in terms of your academic studies with the bachelor of design animation animation and interactive media degree at uh -huh. rmit university in melbourne is that correct Yep, RMIT University in Melbourne. When I researched that, I was wondering, like, I wonder how much of an Australian accent she has. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you could have a really strong accent, but it, it doesn't seem that way. It seems like it's, it's a bit more subtle. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's always, I think, an interesting point of conversation. So I don't think I sound Australian at all. I've been mistaken for being an American, so. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it, it is such, um, I think it's not very thick. Anyway, anyway. Um, okay, yeah, anyway. <laughs> about the degree. Yeah, about the degree. Yeah, so I guess I, I started in 2020. I actually applied for the program in 2018. So I wanted to be in the cohort for 2019 and I got rejected. No way. <laughs> and, yeah, and I remember feeling disappointed, but at the same time, it lit this fire under my butt and I was like, okay, no, I thought I was, I thought I was good, but clearly I'm not good enough. So yeah, for 2019, I got into another university for design and they didn't do animation, but during that time I got to take life drawing classes and also illustration classes. So I used that time to build up my skills and yeah just that whole year i was developing my skills for the purposes of trying to get into rmit mm -hmm. and it worked i got in i started studying in 2020 and soon after we started lockdown happened and the whole like covid situation yeah so that was not fun not the experience <laughs> was... you were hoping for in this course <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely not. I wasn't expecting it. It was something new. It was new for all of us. And uh, yeah, it was hard like making friends and stuff because you don't get that face-to-face -face interaction. Yeah. But I guess it was also during this time that I had a lot of time to myself to work on 
animation and stuff. And so that probably helps the production of your project. The fact <laughs> yeah. that you're isolated, can't do anything, yeah. can't socialize with friends. <laughs> Might as well just draw every day and draw a lot at that. So I guess it helps yeah, exactly. in that way, but it's not the it's not the experience you were probably hoping for. Having someone's desk on either side of you and we're all making vastly different animated films. But I think we can actually simulate that quite well online now, which is cool. With Discord, you can just look over at someone else's screen and see them drawing keyframes as well, which I'm really enjoying. Yeah, definitely. I think being in the kind of environment where you're surrounded by lots of creative people with their own passions and visions for what they want to make that's like the best environment for you to be in to improve yourself and yeah it just gives this really cool perspective and i was so fortunate to have experienced that for my for the duration of my final film or at least while i was animating because by then the restrictions and stuff had already been lifted so we were allowed to get back on campus and yeah like you said it's so cool yeah working at uni on your own project and you look over to the friend next to you and they're working on a completely different thing yeah and, yeah and also just seeing the progression of other people's projects is really cool like you get to see all these different projects from start to finish basically yeah and yeah, it gives you a really cool perspective. And it was, for me, it was almost like hitting a refresh button in my mind. Because right. when I was just sick of seeing my own work, I'd just look over <laughs> to my left or right and there'd be a whole new project to focus on, at least for a few minutes. Yeah. And yeah, so that was really great. Yeah, it's amazing, like just putting animators or putting artists in the same room. And there's a synergy that happens where you can get fired up just by looking at another animator's project and maybe taking a technique that they're using, but maybe it's just the raw inspiration of being like, wow, that looks so cool. Or just thinking, oh, wow, they, they're getting ahead of me. I need to hurry up with my process. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And you also did some other really fun projects. I think one of which you might have submitted to our monthly challenge because you have the great cat Fisher, which I love. <laughs> it's such a funny story. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and also Snow White and the Apple, which is, a, again, really funny and just a great little project. I found I had to go out my way a little bit to find them. I'm going to link them to people because I think they should, I think oh, they should see them so as much. well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would really appreciate that. So did yeah. they come from experience as well? The great cat Fisher, it seems like, a, again, very relatable kind of story to be honest i don't remember everything about the story <laughs> i can remember the basic premise of it which is like online dating right and yeah. having pictures that don't really show what the person actually looks like yeah uh, i think it was another one of those assignments when i was just pooping out ideas for the sake of having ideas and yeah that one kind of just stuck i guess it also came from not personal experience, but hearing other people talk about their online dating experiences. Yeah. And I don't know. I guess I've always just found it a bit interesting. And yeah, I personally can't <laughs> relate to this story. Like, it's never happened to me. Right. But yeah, I guess it stemmed from 
hearing other people talk about it as well as like my own very limited experience. I also, yeah. I'm quite grateful that they're on, is it Behance that they're on or it's not like a design type website? I think I put it, I put my projects up on there before because I didn't know that um, Adobe portfolio existed. So that was my portfolio site for a while. I don't know if it's still linked to my main site, but I've abandoned my Behance page. Because, yeah, I think the portfolio site just offers a lot more flexibility. However, so, I do really like it there for one one reason mainly is that it's it because it's more of a kind of design community and they're always incentivized it seems to show their process and to show a kind of methodical approach to iterative design and drawing. And I noticed that about your process because you were open with sharing your process for these projects probably incentivized by the academic system, which says, okay, you need to show your thought process for this. But it's nice because it shows that you maybe reject two out of the three or reject three out of the four. If people are looking for one thing that you're doing that seems to work really well is that you're not always just going with your first idea. Does that seem true? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think before when you were talking about having one really good idea and then trying to come up with more ideas after that and they come out bad. That's happened to me all the time. And mm. even though it does happen, I feel like just the process of coming up with multiple ideas is still really helpful even if you end up going with your first one. Because what ends up happening, at least for me, is that I get a stronger idea of where I want to take that first really good idea. And I would have had, I guess, I would have had less of an idea of what direction, like what specific direction I wanted to take the first good idea from yeah. with. Sorry, I got lost in my <laughs> train of thought. I, I know exactly but, um, what you're saying though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just gives you more perspective what you don't want to do with the story. Yeah, you, you have a greater and, confidence in what you're doing yeah. because you, you've explored the other options recognize that they're not as good as the option you're taking. And so there's never this doubt of, oh, maybe I could have done it a better way. Yeah, yeah. It gives you like this certainty that you're moving the story in the direction that you want. Yeah. I think it's also interesting that you brought up like the whole like sharing the process thing, because I think one of the things that got me really interested in art was seeing production materials like pre-production materials from animations. I really love when studios share their turnarounds and layouts and all of those. I, I geek out about those. Yeah, and same. I don't know why. It's it's almost like when you see sketches from artists that you really like and it's not the finished product, but there's something like charming and appealing about those things. And uh, yeah, so I guess me sharing parts of my process were just me copying what other people do just because I enjoy seeing other people's processes as well. Yeah, for sure. I get fired up as well. Seeing the process behind it, it's, it reminds you that this didn't happen by accident. This didn't fall into someone's lap. Someone didn't just turn the camera on and like record what happened because it can have the appearance of that when animation is done very well. It can have the feeling that like, this world really exists and someone just decided to turn the camera on and film it. But of course it, it wasn't that way. It was completely constructive and contrived from, from its inception.
So, yeah, I think it's nice to be reminded of that at times, maybe not while you're watching the story, but maybe afterwards it deepens the appreciation of the art. It doesn't like subtract from it, seeing how it's made and seeing the process. It deepens one's appreciation, especially in animation, because it's such a noble process as well, drawing it frame by frame <laughs> to create yeah. <laughs> the video. That's an amazing feat, really. But I, I want to talk about, I have to ask about Beer Barians, because oh, okay. I'm fascinated <laughs> by this project. I'm not sure how much of a role you played in it, but I saw the list of credits and it's like the whole school <laughs> was involved in this music video. And I'm just like, I've got to ask, like, how was that project tied together in the end to be this fully cohesive music video when every member of the school seems to be like involved in some way? It actually started out as a class thing, like one class making it. And that's basically a group of 20 people, I'd say. And so they've been, my school has been offering this subject for quite a while, I think. So every semester they work with a new band to make a music video for them. And <laughs> I wouldn't say I played a, a huge part in it, but I did have to do some stuff because it was for school and I was trying to pass. So <laughs> I guess more than that as well, I really was interested in the subject because I've liked music videos for a long time. Yeah. But in terms of the process, I guess it was just like any other animation process that you'd expect. We started out with pre-production stuff and coming up with ideas. We listened to the song and from there, I think directors were chosen by the teacher. And yeah, just we went into actual animation and layouts and stuff. Everyone was assigned at least one role, but I found myself dabbling in a lot of different roles just because there was the opportunity to do so. Yeah, in the end, we couldn't finish it within the semester. So we opened up the project to basically anyone in the course um, who was okay. studying the degree. Yeah, and that's how we got loads of people on it. And I'm not really sure if the those additional people did anything other than in-betweening. But yeah, there were definitely a lot of people helping. And I think production lasted until December or something crazy like that. Like they yeah. started halfway through the year and they were planning on finishing it around September or October, I yeah. think. Well, it's a big and music it video. Just... It's, it's not a short song <laughs> yeah. either. <laughs> I was thinking they could have yeah. picked an easier one, so like a two-minute little jingle or something. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Our teacher actually encouraged us to consider not doing like a linear narrative. So maybe exploring mm. some abstract stuff because that might help with, with speeding up the process of things and also just finishing on time. Yeah. Um, but I think the people in my class were very adamant about having a story yeah yeah in the music video and uh, i guess i was one of those people as well because i i really like watching things with a story of course i do like abstract once in a while but yeah so i guess that's why it took a really long time it did have a story a very charismatic story i would say because the track itself was very high energy 
the visuals had to do something quite explosive, it seems, to match those that soundtrack. And I think that the idea of the fermented apple being their kind of substance of wild craziness is just a great little idea. Yeah, I, I think it was really good. Considering at my university, there was a project like that, but it was a 3D project. And I think it's probably still a work in progress. <laughs> and I've, oh been, <laughs> I've been graduated for a long time now. It's probably still a work in progress. So I got to say, well done to, to you and the others for actually wrapping it up. It's, I'm sure it seemed a long production, but it did get finished and it got finished to a high standard. So I'm impressed. I think it's really good. Would you recommend yeah. your course to others who are in the area? I definitely would. It might not be for everyone, since I think there's always the debate of art school, no art school, self-study, mm. or whatever. But I've loved my time at this university and in this course. I think there's something so special about being surrounded by people who care about animation and about creating things. and. Yeah, it's just been really great, like getting to know everyone and the teachers actually care about like teaching you things that will be useful in the industry. So yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I have no regrets <laughs> in choosing the course <laughs> and uh, yeah, definitely look into it if you can, I think. Okay, that's, that's good to all. Our listeners who might be Melbourne based, which is probably a tiny percentage, but even, <laughs> yeah. it, but it could be important to them. Yeah, uh, you never know. <laughs> we're still on the topic of music videos. Are you like planning to just be music video specific for all your projects or is it just by coincidence? I mean, I think it would be great to branch out, but music videos have definitely been a focus for me for a really long time just because I really enjoy watching them. There are a lot of like indie animated music videos from Japanese artists that I've been watching for so long. Like a lot of them I've just had on replay for <laughs> ages. And I think that's what inspired me to go in the direction that I have. And yeah, I would definitely love to keep making as many music videos as I can, especially because I feel like I don't have that many finished projects. So I'd like to at least, I don't know, specialize in this area before, before moving on. Because I just feel like there are so many things that I haven't explored yet that I would really like to yeah. through making music videos. So yeah, I'm not really ready to move on from that yet. That's good. I think it's always great to hear when an animator wants to specialize in a particular area, especially an area like music videos where there are so many music artists who want music videos. There's a huge demand for it. And music in general is so popular. Try and find someone who doesn't like music of some kind. It's the most popular thing in the world, perhaps. I think there's a great future there. Do you worry at all about the kind of budget restraints that often come from working with a band that's like someone in their garage and uh, maybe they're unsigned or maybe they even are signed to a label, but they're small production. Do you ever worry about that, about there being like a limited budget? Yeah, a little bit. I've actually heard that music video productions usually struggle to get enough budget 
just because of how little they usually get. Like, I think the bar is just set so low that it's become the standard. I don't know how true that is, but that's my understanding of it. So yeah, I wouldn't say I'm worried about it because I think even if I don't get paid for making a music video, ideally I would like to, but if it's, if I'm making a music video for a song that I really like, I would definitely do it just for a personal project. Yeah. Of course, it would be really nice to make a living out of animating music videos for bands and bands that I like. But yeah, I guess my expectations for that are set a bit lower. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I'm prepared to do freelance animation that isn't music related. But definitely, I'll be making music videos for as long as I can, as long as I'm able to. Yeah, and on, on that note, as someone who has done music videos or looping music visuals, my kind of rule of thumb is I have to really like the music because I will be listening to it hundreds of times in the edit. So if it's a track you don't like that sounds like nails on a chalkboard, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not yeah. going to be a fun experience, is it? Actually, I thought I was going to get sick of the song. Interestingly enough, I didn't really start to get tired of it until I finished Run It Back. Because during the editing and animation process, I didn't have to listen to it that much just because the timing and everything, the timing had already been decided from the animatic. Yeah. And so when I was working on the animation and also just cutting the shots together, I didn't have to listen to the song at all. You were able uh, to just listen to whatever playlist <laughs> you, you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd usually have other songs going on. But when I did finish it, after I exported it, I remember watching it over and over again just to pick out any mistakes I might have made. Yeah. Because I wanted to make sure that it was okay before I submitted it. So, yeah, that was the stage where I started getting sick of the song yeah okay that's good that's good to know that it's not just me who feels that way but yeah i also appreciated the care you took for actually i remember you i think you might have sent like a an email or something that was just like making absolute sure about the file format <laughs> or no oh my god was that you sorry <laughs> i think that was me it was a little bit embarrassing because... <laughs> sorry to bring it up if it wasn't that with you. <laughs> I appreciated no, okay. it. I liked. <laughs> I appreciated that a lot because other people, they, some of the people, I couldn't qualify them because they had uploaded it wrong. They got the naming convention wrong or something. They just didn't do what was instructed. So it was good. Yeah, because <laughs> I assumed that the competition or the contest would be huge because I, I looked back on previous years and. I saw how much it grew from year to year. Yeah. So I you were remember... aware of the snowball effect <laughs> that it was having. Yeah. It w and it yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that my entry wasn't causing extra trouble for you. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. I was also, like, the whole year, because I had 10 months from announcing it, the contest was back, to actually taking in uh, entries. And the anticipation for it was growing. And I was thinking, I haven't put a cap on how many entries can be submitted. What have I done? Oh. <laughs> I'm in genuine trouble here. So I was just praying for mercy 
that a reliable number of people would not make it, would just drop out so that we could actually have a contest. Because if over a thousand people submitted, I don't know what to do. I couldn't do it. And it was extremely difficult, even with a hundred entries. That was like, I was like, no more. <laughs> Yeah, how was the process of organizing the contest? I know that there must have been a lot of work put into it, but we yeah. don't really get to see that. <laughs> I'm glad it's over now. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> glad I don't have to open up that Premiere project file again or create these announcements, update the web page, <laughs> go update the Excel spreadsheet. Oh my gosh, this is why I now have a huge admiration for the people who host film festivals because this is what they do and for me the way that we created it was we have the registrations and only the people who have registered can submit and this stops people from just like reaching into their back pocket and being like oh here's a film i made 10 years ago here you go and just chucking it at us um it, because the goal is to create something new to kickstart innovation in animation and to keep the industry alive and healthy or at least the independent animation scene not the industry but that means that with each person who submits we have to cross-check their information based on usually based on their email address we have to cross-check that information with their submission and make sure that the two match up one person one person they said it's really important that you don't disclose my real name, that it's just my alias. And they submitted their real name. And from there, we were like, okay. It's like one of those curveballs you're not expecting when dealing yeah. with this. But we had to, we realized like, why well, I say we, it was the royal we, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> I had to change the contact form to be like, would you like to be called by your alias or would you like to be called your real name or would you like both so people had the choice and they could tick the box and then i would manually just ensure that they were being called by their real name their alias or both and it's just that all these little things come up like that when you deal with a contest that has a lot of people involved that you wouldn't expect when you were just thinking about it in theory and there's no app you can use that just automates the whole thing. Like you'd have to custom make the app, which would be more time. So these processes were mostly manual processes. So it was, uh, it was too much work, I would say. And as a, this is why I'm passing the torch now. So hopefully we will continue the contest. This is something people have been asking. So I, I do want to say it here. Hopefully we will have the contest continuing, but I am passing those responsibilities on to other members of the community. And then I will use my platform, hopefully, to just broadcast the contest. But in terms of the actual work behind the scenes, I'm an animator. I know that. I, and I really feel that. And the whole time I was editing this, I was just thinking to myself, I'm an animator. <laughs> And I'm not animating during this time, like the two months that it took to like, to really rein this thing in and to bring it home. I wasn't animating, I wasn't drawing. And I, I get a bit grumpy when I'm not drawing. Uh, if, yeah. if a long period of time goes past when I'm not drawing, I get grumpy. 
because I'm being separated from my true passion and my calling, my what I was feel like I was put on this earth to do. Or what I've not what I was put on this earth to do, but my chosen thing, that my chosen activity. So it's not for me, like hosting the contest, but I will I'll do what I can from a to keep it going by letting other members of the community help their community. And it doesn't have to just be me. It can be decentralized. And I'm, I want it to be decentralized. Yeah. Did you really not animate for two months because of the contest? Yes, when you consider that the announcement video, I had to edit that and I had to get the page set up. And then 10 months later, I had to. So I was thinking to myself, like, at least two months out of the year are taken from this, two out of 12 months, which for a, an animator is, that's a lot. That's a that's yeah. more than any vacation we would take. <laughs> and yeah. to me, I, it just as a simple calculation like that, when you actually add up the time, it's too much time. It's too much. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that's not to say I regret it. I, I'm really proud of what we all achieved, like putting this event on. I say we now because it would be nothing without the animators. It would be nothing without you and the other filmmakers who chose to actually make that commitment. Like collectively, we all spent a lot of time on it. Thank you so much for organizing it. I, I know I've said this before, but I really appreciate you putting in the time and effort when you didn't, you didn't have to do any of this, but I think a lot of people benefited from this contest and yeah, it was just really fun being part of it. So thank you. Oh, that's very appreciated. Thank you for uh, for acknowledging the work. Thanks all around. Thanks to the animators. Thanks to the sponsors. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> we managed to do it. Yeah, job well done to everyone. I think everyone can pat themselves on the back if they played even a small part, like a minor part in it. But yeah, I feel like this in this interview has switched places and you're interviewing me all of a sudden for some oh, reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just have so many things that I'm curious about. Well, I, I've you followed your videos and your content for so long. And uh, yeah, it feels surreal to finally get to chat to you. If you get, if you have any other questions, you're welcome to. Now is a good time, I guess, since uh, you are, you well, have all of prepare. a sudden. Okay, you haven't prepared. That's fine. <laughs> I was wondering if you had prepared, but no, that, that's fine. Okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to get back in my interviewer chair. Okay, um, all right. <laughs> but if you do get a question, you're welcome to ask. Yeah, let's bring it back to your process. The process of... Let's of, run it back. Yeah, okay. let's run it back. Let's run it back to run it back. <laughs> you hear a lot of... But you're part of the discussion about the animation process. And is there something like an aspect of filmmaking that you think animators should pay more attention to? Or is there a, an aspect that you think is underplayed in animation? I think this answer might be wishy-washy and it's not very specific, but I think something that I've come to focus on a lot more is thinking about why you're making the thing that you're making and what it means to you. And I think in certain circles, that's the main focus, but coming from a student's perspective where you're focusing more on your technical ability. It was really helpful for me to just stop and think about what I was putting out into the world. And so I guess 
it doesn't just apply to animation, but a lot of creative things like like drawing and filmmaking. And yeah. it, I, for me personally, it doesn't have to be this really deep and meaningful, insightful, groundbreaking revelation. You don't necessarily have to say anything completely new, but I think it's important, at least for me, to be able to show something that I really believe in. And I think in that way, you're also respecting the time of your audience. I remember when I was making Run It Back, something that I did think about a lot was whether or not the audience would feel like the music video was worth their time. Because I think we've all experienced coming across a video online that you watch and you finish and you come away from that feeling like, wow, I just wasted two minutes of my life. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, there's two <laughs> minutes, I'll never get back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think especially in this day and age where there's just so much content, it's important, at least for me, to be a bit more conscious about what I'm making. And I think some people do have to churn out content because it's their job. But I think where you can afford to, it's really nice to be able to, yeah, just make something that's actually important to you. Yeah. Considering how long it takes to make an animation, that really should be a priority of what you're yeah. thinking about, especially, I suppose, at the start. I made a video recently that kind of dealt with the, the doubt that animators can feel at the end of their animation process where they're like, because there is uh, some self-sabotage that can be involved. And my solution to when an animator starts getting really doubtful of what they have been making for a long time is like just asking like why you did it in the first place. So if there is a strong, compelling why, it will give you strength and conviction the whole way through the process. Yeah, definitely. I think it's also that mindset that helps me finish the music video. There were some shots that I wasn't so happy with. And of course, I did have to submit this because it was an assignment. But in terms of showing other people, aside from my teachers, something that really helped me push through the doubt was thinking about the overall message and not just getting caught up in that one second of animation that I really don't like. So yeah, I definitely agree with what you had to say in that video. Great. Yeah. Let me see. I'm conscious of your time. I don't want to keep you here all day. Oh, no, that's all right. Are I you good time. for time? Are you, you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And what time is it where you are right now? It's 11, 18, but oh, again... No. <laughs> okay i'm a night owl it's okay night. okay you're a night owl yeah. you're like me because i go to bed very late normally is that something unique to animators i don't know i am a night owl as well i find it really hard to actually get back into an ordinary sleep cycle i don't know about you huh that's interesting to hear because i don't i don't know if this is going to come off creepy but my image of you like, oh, from watching the content that you post I'm like wow he's got his life together and <laughs> I'm sure he wakes up at 5 a.m in the morning oh, works no. out 
animate. Interesting to hear that you're a night owl as well. I, if I could write on a billboard or something, my thing, I really want to correct in society our perception of late night people. So it's my strong conviction that you can have your life together and be a late night worker. And that in fact, a lot of geniuses work late into the night, just like a lot of geniuses get up at the crack of dawn and it has no bearing on someone's productivity or it has very little bearing on someone's productivity. And it has a lot to do with their natural inclination, the chemicals in their body, telling them when to sleep and when to get up and focused. And the thing is, if you're working late, okay, you're not working early, but the person who's getting up and working early is also not working late. They're going to bed at eight or 10. And so they're not working at the times you're working. It's just a difference in the distribution of hours. If the two people, the early bird and the night owl, if they both sleep the same amount and they both work the same amount, then why is one perceived as being way more productive than the other? But anyway, that's me on my soapbox. That's <laughs> my rant about productivity. I, and perhaps that's all just one big elaborate excuse so that I can still have lions every day as a freelancer who, who's self-employed <laughs> and not feel bad for it. <laughs> no, I really like that take actually, because I don't know, I guess I never thought about it that way. And also I like that you still care about being healthy and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. And yeah, yeah, for sure. Being a night owl kind of doesn't, it doesn't have to get in the way of that. I think a lot of the time, what I hear is that being an early bird, getting up in the morning, early in the morning, is the way nature intended. And so somehow <laughs> that's perceived as more healthy. Yeah, it's according uh, to the natural <laughs> rhythm of the world. Like the world wakes <laughs> up at the same time. Yeah. yeah, so reassuring to hear that you have a different take on it. Yeah, there are, but there are nocturnal animals. My cat is most productive at night and then sleeps through the day and it seems to work for a large variety of animals that, that are active during the night and it works well for them. And in fact, they take advantage of the fact that most of the world is sleeping at that time. As a nocturnal animal myself, I have a long stretch of time that is completely uninterrupted. No one's going to walk in through the door. I'm not going to receive a phone call. I'm not going to be distracted by anything going on really there's not going to be a delivery at the door that's one of the things that kind of pushes us into nocturnal work is that it's a time of deep focus and deep focus is hard to get when there are distractions it's hard to stay in deep focus yeah definitely yeah in flow state yeah but that's my take on it <laughs> i'm very opinionated on the matter yeah anyway back to my questions <laughs> oh yeah Forgot um, about those. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Getting a bit more into your inspirations. I know you're very into music. You're very into Japanese culture. Let's start with animation. What's an animation you go back to for inspiration? Like you've gone back there multiple times as a source of kind of inspiration. I think in the past year or two, I've grown to really like Tangled, the Disney movie. <laughs> Interesting. Because I usually look at 2D animation for inspiration, but I guess I really connected with the story in Tangled and I really appreciated how they wrote, well, the story and also the characters. This is a tangent, like not really related to animation specifically, but I really like how 
Rapunzel, the main character, she has this inner strength, isn't physical strength, but mm. I think one of her greatest strengths is kindness. And, right. and I think it's lacking, that kind of character is lacking in today's yeah. <laughs> in today's environment. It's a um, super under undervalued trade in our society. Yeah, definitely. And I think when I noticed this in Tangled, noticed how strong Rapunzel was as a character without being this sword-wielding, mm. badass girl. Yeah, I guess I just appreciated that side of the story a lot more. And yeah, that's about it. That, no, that's a really good answer. That's a really good answer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I also do look at like the storyboards and stuff, obviously. And this is also unrelated, but related. I saw the animatic that they, or part of the animatic that they made for the movie. And I found it really interesting how rough it was. Mm. It was for one of the songs. I forget now, but they were literally just scribbles in black and white like stick figures pretty much cool yeah so i just i found it really interesting especially because i'm used to seeing animatics from like japanese studios where they go for the really clean polished look yeah so sometimes um, it's almost like it's already animated in the animatic which is quite strange <laughs> yeah pretty much it's like they already have their keyframes done so yeah that's something else i think about when i think about tangled yeah, that's really cool that in that process, they allowed their team to actually have that flexibility that comes when you just jot down a scribble. And I don't know, I see it like it's like playing jazz. It's like a bit of improvisation where something marvelous can come out of this reactionary interplay between storyboard artists. And that might have carried through into the actual story i have to admit i have not seen tangled so i think after no. this i'm going to i know i'm not in humility you caught me out i probably could have gotten away with finishing up this interview having never confessed that but i decided to be radically transparent here yes this animation expert hasn't watched tangled the whole way through i have however seen a lot of behind the scenes glenn Keane working on the hair doing his drawovers of the 3d characters which i think at the time was extremely innovative and paved the way for other movies that now have a similar approach when they're bringing back 2d elements into the 3d process but yeah i need to go and watch it <laughs> Please do, cool. I definitely recommend it. Yeah, it's just the characters are so like captivating and charming. I think it will be worth your while. But do you have any animated movies that you go back to for inspiration? Yeah, I certainly do. I'm fortunate in that I actually have an easy answer for my favorite animator of all time. And therefore I also have an easy answer for my favorite animation of all time. However, they are two different answers, but my favorite animation of all time is The Man Who Planted Trees. And it's by a French animator called Frederick Back. It won an Oscar in the, I think in the 90s or 2000s for best animated picture. And it was like 20 minutes long. I, 20, yeah, it's about 20 minute runtime. And uh, it's just fantastic. It is like the film. I'm not even talking about what the film teaches, but the film itself 
I feel like it reconnects one with nature. It's a tremendous experience watching it. it. Sometimes, I have to warn you, if you go and watch it online, there are a lot of really low quality versions of it. And it would be a shame to watch the whole thing on 480p. <laughs> it's too pixelated, that some of those re-uploads. So make sure you watch the 4K version. There is a 4K version on YouTube now of The Man Who Planted Trees, translated into English. Oh, okay. Originally, it's in French, but the English dub is tremendous as well. That's one that I will watch that. I go back to it every now and then, and it raises my standards for animation, for the animation that I'm making, and it shows me that I can do better. It lifts the ceiling on what I consider to be great, timeless animation that will remain important and beautiful for 100 years or 200 years from now. So that's my favorite animation. And my favorite animator is Alexander Petrov, who is a Russian animator. And he's made a bunch of short films that are absolutely spellbinding. Is he the one that does like oil animation? Yeah. Like, yeah. Paints on glass? Paints on glass. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yeah. Watching his work is so humbling. Really because... humbling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because everything's traditional and it just, it blows my mind how <laughs> yeah. he did all of this and had the patience, patience for it too. Yeah. So there's a podcast that I did as like a guest on animations podcast called the Animation Breakfast Podcast. If anyone's listening, they can just listen to me gush about Alexander Petrov if they want for a straight hour just talking about how amazing his process is okay i'll give it a listen then uh, <laughs> after we talk and i have to watch tangled i have to watch Tangled. Yeah, yes, yes please do it's embarrassing <laughs> it's embarrassing whenever <laughs> i haven't seen a film that's also super famous as well <laughs> makes it even worse that i haven't seen it oh uh, if it makes you feel any better i also haven't watched a lot of disney films like mm. people will bring up moana and stuff and i'm like yeah. i'm sorry I haven't seen a single second of that. <laughs> I guess I can tell so people true. I don't like musicals that much. I'm just, I'm not really into uh -huh. musicals, personally. <laughs> As a child, I was like, skip past the songs. Get uh -huh. me back to the plot. <laughs> I want the plot. No, but the song is part of the plot. If, gotta watch it. if it is, if they're actually moving through the plot in the song, I think that's impressive. That I would mm. be impressed with. Sometimes it feels like they just take a pause on the whole thing while they're singing and dancing. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. But uh, please watch the songs in Tangled as well. Please don't skip. Oh no, I won't. Really... No, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. Okay, okay. I will watch it properly. Yeah. And so, what's your favorite non-animated movie then? Okay. Now it's my turn to be embarrassed because I feel like I don't watch. <laughs> I don't watch many movies, but really? but recently I had a friend recommend me a movie and I watched it and it was really great. It's called Chunking Express. Oh, um, yeah. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. I have heard of it. I've heard it's oh, really okay. good. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. It's by, it's set in Hong Kong and it's by a director who's also like Chinese. And mm. I think for me, I always grew up with Asian cinema, but I never saw anything come from Hong Kong. Mm. I don't know why, I just never got around to it. And just the way that the movie was shot, like, 
every single shot from that movie was wallpaper material. You mm. could just screenshot it and it would look so pretty, but it was also just the moodiness of it. Yeah. And the story, there were two stories in the movie and they were quite simple, but I found myself captivated by the story, like from start to finish. I don't really know how to explain the plot, but I would definitely <laughs> recommend it. It seems like to, a mood uh, film, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm pretty sure I have just stills from the Chunking Express just in my composition inspirations folder. That's so, so yeah, good. crafted film. And there's also like a scene that I watched out of context. The scene floored me. I was really impressed. On a technical note as well, there's like a shot where they, they are moving in real time, like in ordinary time, but everyone around them is like walking really fast, oh, yeah. sped up. And yeah. and it was like so simple how they did it. They just got the actors to act really slow. Like he, I think he <laughs> drinks from his cup and he just drinks really slowly. And then they oh, play it so that people are just rushing past them while they're having an ordinary interaction. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is advanced stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna watch that as well. So I've got two to watch that's my homework, but it's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. They're definitely worth your time. That's a fantastic movie recommendation. Two fantastic movie recommendations. So <laughs> thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. I was going to ask you for live action recommendations. Oh, but, okay. Uh, yeah. Let me see. I want a really good recommendation to give you. That's okay. No I've, pressure. I'm will, not that fussy. I've got one. I've got one. <laughs> okay. I've got a few actually. So first of all, I watched this film called Mandy. Since we're talking about like vibes and like a mood film, I think Mandy is like a visionary film in terms of the visuals. It's shot on film stock, the soundtrack, the colors, it's super bold in its visual style. And it's like a very simple kind of revenge story with a very dark aesthetic, saturated colors. You'll see it and you'll immediately see how recognizable it is. So I would say Mandy is great. It's not for children. You shouldn't watch it if you're a child. But I, it's fantastic. I just searched it up. Is <laughs> it a horror movie? No, it's not a horror movie. So <laughs> it's not particularly scary. I would just say okay. it's dark. Think of like heavy metal, but as a visual aesthetic instead of as an audio thing. It's difficult to describe. It's by a director called Panos Kosmatos, I think his name is. And he hasn't made that many films. He made one other that I've been trying to find. It's called Beyond the Black Rainbow. And I haven't been able to find a good place to stream it in high definition. So I've been holding off on it, but I'm really looking forward to watching that as well. So what you want? It's crazy evil. I would say that film is great. I would also recommend a film called Master and Commander. That's one of the biggest influences on me. It's based off a book, but it came out at the same year that Lord of the Rings came out. So it was very overshadowed by Lord of the Rings, which means that not a lot of people watched it. But I believe it's by Peter Weir, I think, who is a great director, really strong director. And it's set on board this ship and it's just got this ring of authenticity for it. They chose to cast actors who 
didn't look like they had ever been filmed before. So the way they would look at the camera was as if it was just like a foreign object that wasn't looking at them. And so I just think it's a very tasteful film and solid storytelling from start to finish. So I really like that film. But yeah, I could go on and on. But I would say the main two are, are Mandy and Master and Commander, if just off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you for those recommendations. I've been meaning to watch a few more movies, so I'll definitely be watching those soon. Great. <laughs> I'm very curious to what you produce next. Are you working on something right now or are you taking a break? I'm working on a few projects. They're still at the starting phase. A lot of them, I haven't done much work for them. At the moment, what I am animating is just like small snippets of things without stories. And I guess I started them to take a break after working on Run It Back for so long. But yeah, I do have ideas for a couple music videos or like visualizers, like mm. looping images to accompany music. Yeah, not really sure when they're gonna come out, but I am working on them. That's great. I'm really happy to hear that. How much of a break did you take after Run It Back? Because that must have been quite taxing on you. Uh -huh. Just powering through like a full music video by yourself, really high quality. That must have been, that must have been tough. Yeah, honestly, it feels like I've taken way too long of a break. Not sure if that's because I got a bit burnt out towards the mm. end, but it probably took a couple months since finishing it off. Yeah, I guess now I'm still trying to get back into the swing of things. I never stopped drawing completely. Or maybe I did for a week, but... That's understandable, yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm still in the recovery phase where I'm trying to build up my stamina to take on the next big project. Yeah, okay, yeah. so it's going to be bigger than your previous project? Ooh, I want it to be better. Okay. <laughs> even if it's, yeah, even if it's like the same length of time, I want it to, I don't know, to be better than Run It Back. That's always my aim as well, is just to be better than the film I made before. So it continues on yeah. an upward trajectory. Yeah, that's the ideal. It might not always turn out that way, but yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm trying to do the maths in my head. You said it was 13 weeks for Run It Back. Yeah. So what kind of uh, rate are we talking about? Okay, so the 13 weeks was just animating and compositing. I made the animatic before that, before the 13 weeks, and I also had backgrounds done by then. Mm. Uh, I think I made, I had to make timeline or like a schedule for part of the assignment. I forget it now, but it was something like weeks one to four was just keyframes. And I think I I was like half half a week behind. But yeah, I moved on to in-betweening for three or four weeks, I think, maybe three weeks. And then coloring took no time at all because I was using TV paint. And I really like how the coloring system is, like the color and texture layer or something. Yeah. Yeah. So. The coloring phase was, it was a nice break. I think exporting everything, like exporting all the sequences in different layers, I think I was also really burnt out at that phase. Mm. It took a whole week almost <laughs> just to export. Do you yeah. know about the magic export button in TV Paint that exports 
all your all the layers on your scene as layered PNG sequences. What? Yeah, there's a magic button I... in TV Paint. I need to show you it. Yeah, I'll screenshot it and send you the screenshot. It's worth using. Oh my gosh. I saved a lot of time. It. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I feel like you I press need it a moment and it's. Just... <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you press the button and you choose the save location and it, it exports each layer as a PNG sequence in its own folder structure. And you can just bring it into After Effects or wherever very easily. It's nice. And it names it according oh to gosh. the layer name. It names the folder according to the layer name. I spent so long. Oh no. I, I spent know. so long just going through each of the layers, like <laughs> turning them on and off and also oh, naming them. And I know, I've been folders. there. <laughs> I, before I knew about the magic button, I've been there and I was like, yeah, that, that, was, that was a lot of time spent on it. But I'll send you the oh, screenshot. Yes, please. It's a bit scary at first because you have to make sure that everything is exactly how you want it before doing it. But then it's just magic. It's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, to be fair though, I feel like I did benefit from having to do all that like admin work, sorting the folders and stuff. Because I do quite enjoy monot monotonous tasks sometimes. Yeah. It's like a good break from all that drawing. On one hand, it, it would be nice to have that magic button, but I guess it's not all bad to export the layers individually by yourself. <laughs> yeah, someone else said that as well, where they were like, no, don't tell me that. I enjoy the repetitive work <laughs> part. I want to keep the yeah. repetitive work. But yeah, I suppose you still have in-betweens and things. There's always some kind of repetitive aspect. Yeah. How do you feel about admin work and stuff do you not like it at all or do you find it like like it's a nice break i yeah i mean i do like there being that i like there being a task in there where i can put a podcast on or something or be in a call with someone and still work so in between it's quite nice to actually cushion the intensity of keyframe animation with a repetitive easy task like in betweening is actually quite nice because if we only had the intense work which is it takes a lot out of you doing those keyframes if we only had that i don't know it could be preferable because then we could just be like normal people and just take breaks <laughs> yeah now that i've just said that out loud i think that it still is preferable to automate the mindless tasks that we can automate. That's my okay. answer. I'm also impressed that, because it, it sounds like you actually went on a layered approach through the whole animation. So you did all the keyframes and then all the in-betweens afterwards. And I don't work like yeah. that. Yeah, that's interesting. I think I admire people who can work with a staggered approach where they're working on multiple phases at the same time. Because for me, I think I just like I don't know if this is the word for it, but compartmentalizing different stages of the process. And I feel like somehow I just feel like I work faster that way because it's like I'm working on one thing at a time and that makes it feel more manageable. And I think in that way, it also feels like I'm making progress a lot faster because I can say once I finish all the keyframes that that's one whole stage done. 
I only do the blocked approach or the staggered approach with keyframes and in-betweens. I wouldn't do the whole like render pass, color, composite, especially when there's like a switch over in applications. You don't want to be toing and froing between two different software. But I think with in-betweening and keyframing, at least for me, it's like they're similar enough. They both involve drawing. The layered approach for keyframes is like too much delayed delay to the gratification of seeing the thing move. <laughs> oh, okay. I need little bumps of, oh yeah, that, that looks nice now. I like that. Yeah. yeah, that's why I do it that way now. Yeah, that's interesting. I think for me, the gratification comes from just saying that I finished a single stage, like I finished all the keyframes. That's hardcore. Um, <laughs> when you have enough keyframes in a scene, like it already looks like it's moving enough. So <laughs> yeah, I don't need a really smooth movement to be satisfied with how it looks. Yeah, no, that does make perfect sense, of course. I suppose I was imagining it like you inserting the blank instances in between, so it's like very blinky, but of course you can uh, do that at the beginning of the in-between process as well. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh no, I usually do insert like the blank frames, but when I do need that like extra boost of motivation, I get rid of the blank frames <laughs> right, just yeah. to see it moving. <laughs> that... And then we go back to blank frames. My yeah. God, this is so relatable. <laughs> yeah. Animators are going to be listening. Oh, they understand me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. I think that, is that a good place to, to end? Yeah. I don't want to like uh -huh. prematurely end conversation, but I'm looking at any more questions I have. And I think all the other ones are silly. Unless you think that it's not a silly question to ask, um, what animal would you most like to animate? <laughs> I was thinking about that one and I was wondering what made you come up with that question. I was just, just brainstorming <laughs> ideas. I was just like, okay, I, what can I ask? I was, it was probably, maybe I wrote it early in the morning. Understandable. <laughs> I was actually trying to think of answers to that because I honestly don't have that much interest in animating animals. <laughs> Just, I, I already find animating humans. It was a terrible question, humans. I did. <laughs> no. It has nothing right, to do you with your work. <laughs> I was projecting I mean, onto you. No, I thought you came up with that question because you saw that I hadn't animated animals before. Yeah, let's work. go with that. <laughs> <laughs> My answer for that was going to be snakes because I don't like animating legs. Ooh. They also have this hypnotic movement. Yeah. That I think would be really interesting to study. So yeah, that was going to be my answer. That's a great answer. Oh, <laughs> nice. Thank you. I have animated serpent-like movements before, and it can be a bit tricky because you've got two parallel lines making up the body of the snake. And yeah. if you just stray a little bit from that parallel line, the volume is messed up. So I found it a bit of a challenge to do it. It is possible, of course. It's just me complaining. I didn't think about that. Maybe yeah. I'll change my answer. What would be your I'll, backup? I'll with, I was actually going to say birds as a second mm. option, just because I really like the look of wings. I'm yeah. not sure why, but there's just something so like majestic and sometimes elegant. There's, there's just something there that I really like. And uh, I don't know, I think maybe part of it also comes from liking mythical creatures and yeah. you know, some of them have feathered wings yeah yeah i guess birds would be really interesting to study and i think 
the movement is really interesting. So yeah, there there's something something there like a magnificent just flap of the wings. For me, it makes me think of manta rays as well. That could be a really cool thing to animate. Oh, yeah. For sure. Cool. I got cool. my answer to that weird question. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for coming on to this revived podcast. Maybe this is the one that's going to spark me bringing back the podcast. Who knows? Oh, um, I hope so. I mean, yeah. thanks for having me on here. I've really enjoyed chatting with you. Yeah, likewise. It's been great. It's been a great conversation. And it really has satisfied a lot of my curiosities about the creator behind the animation and for anyone listening please do watch run it back it's up online it's a great time it's going to be your favorite music video as soon as you watch it check it out and also the finals the contest finals that's up on the channel i know it's a three hour long video but it's worth your time for sure thank you so much gabby i'm gonna leave you now i'm gonna let you get back to whatever it is you're doing with your night probably animating i'm guessing <laughs> Yep, that's right. That's <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, how did you know? <laughs> Just intuition, I guess. All right. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Okay.